0: Welcome to the IT Smart Guy podcast, a technology podcast aimed at the modern business owner. And here's your host, Tony Edwards. Hello and welcome to episode two of the IT Smart Guy podcast, the tech-based podcast for the modern business owner. I'm Tony, and in this episode, we'll discuss cyber attacks and the future of telephony. Then at the end, I'll be sharing my tip of the episode. So let's get started, shall we? Let's look at what's happening in the news. Right, there have been a number of high-profile cyber attacks over the past four to six weeks. The first one I want to talk about is LastPass. LastPass was breached back in August when a hacker gained access to their development environment via a developer-compromised endpoint. Now, when I say endpoint, I'm referring to either a developer's laptop, desktop, or mobile device. The attacker used their access to impersonate the developer once the developer had authenticated themselves. There are a few things to note about this attack. Now, the first point is that the LastPass development environment is physically separated from and has no direct connection to their protection environment, which is where all the customer data lives, which is a good thing. The development development environment doesn't contain any customer data or encrypted vaults. Another good thing. And lastly, LastPass don't have any access to the master passwords of their customers' vaults. And as part of their zero-knowledge security model, it isn't possible for anybody other than the owner to decrypt the data. So what does this mean to us? Now, as scary as this cyber attack sounded, luckily it didn't affect end customers. As a business owner, you or your board of directors are the people liable for the loss of any data that is related to your business, whether you store it in-house or using a cloud-based application. LastPass has performed a formal review, made a number of changes, have, have even partnered with a cybersecurity firm to further improve their safety practices, vulnerability management and implementing a bug bounty program, amongst many other things. Now, a bug bounty program is a way of companies using people for finding bugs in systems and reporting them. They then pay them a couple of hundred pounds or dollars for their find, depending on the bug and complexity. Um, The biggest payout from a bug bounty program currently was by Microsoft. It was uh, allegedly uh, over $200,000. So we've just talked about password managers. We're now going to jump into the transport and food delivery arena. Uber had recently fallen foul of a cyber incident. This hack, to me, was a little bit different to the last past one, as the attacker seemed to do it more to be a nuisance as opposed to uh, stealing personal data this attacker likely gained access to uber systems by procuring a contractor's corporate password on the dark web after his personal device or her personal device had been infected with malware now according to reports the attacker attempted to log onto the contractor's account and multi-factor authentication had initially blocked the request however the contractor then accepted one of these mfa requests letting the attacker in They then accessed a number of different uh, employee accounts, including Google Workspace and Slack. They then continued to post a message company-wide across Slack and reconfigured some of Uber's OpenDNS to display an image to employees on internal sites. It's also believed that this attacker, who was a 17-year-old from Oxfordshire, has also breached uh, Rockstar Games, the makers of the Grand Theft Auto series of video games, and leaked a lot of their confidential information on the next GTA game, GTA 6. Rockstar confirmed the breach, and in a statement on Twitter, they said that an unauthorized third party had illegally accessed and downloaded confidential information, including early development footage for the next Grand Theft Auto. They added that they don't anticipate any disruption to the live game services or any long-term effect on the development of these ongoing projects. Now, what does this mean to us? It means that Rockstar are finally creating a new GTA game. I love the GTA series of games. I played them all. GTA Five was released in 2013, so a new game is long overdue. Uh, It also shows us that there are some basic things that Uber and LastPass could do to avoid these attacks. Let's face it, Uber and LastPass, they're big names. The chances are they've got equally huge budgets, yet they were caught out by something that budgets and software solutions have no way of ever being able to completely stop the human element. Both attacks came to fruition by the person who has been hacked and letting their attackers in by accepting MFA requests. I don't know about you, but whenever I have pushed an MFA request for any of the software solutions and uh, services that I use, I know that I've been the person that has requested it, and if I get a code request through to my phone or my email, something I don't recognize doing, I just don't accept it, because I know it could be a malicious attempt. I'll then log on to the admin account of that platform, reset my user password just in case, and then update my password manager with the new password. Now, what should you do? Let's face it. Businesses are busy. All too often, the day-to-day operations get in the way of training, and that is the same in a big business as it is in a small one. We somehow need to find the time to ensure that regular awareness training takes place on things like phishing, ransomware, data governance and protection, GDPR and more. The reason for this is because hackers and scammers are still predominantly targeting via email. Now this sort of training doesn't need to cost the earth nor does it need to take hours. You can even include things like phishing, simulation tests and really this should form part of your business's data security processes. It's time for the brain dump. So here we are, back with our second feature for the episode, and in this one we're going to talk about telephony. Sorry, we're going to talk about telephony. Here we are in September 2022, and since 2015 there has been a lot of chatter about a big switch-off that was announced by OpenReach. OpenReach essentially look after all of the copper wiring and fiber cable and infrastructure that connect homes and businesses to voice and data services. In 2025, OpenReach are stopping the analogue public switch telephone network and the integrated services digital network services. This is all part of a move to migrate everybody, residential and commercial, to a fully digital network, and it marks the biggest change in the UK telecoms industry for over 30 years. They're doing this because neither the PSTN or the ISDN services have the capability of delivering the sheer volume or quality of voice data that is needed in this age of digitization. The PSTN allows calls to be made over copper telephone lines and fiber telephone lines using analog signaling, and that is traditional telephony. Broadband services have increased in reliability and quality over the past decade and more, and the PSTN has evolved to support this change to an almost completely digital network using digital technology. But this means that there will no longer be a requirement for the majority of traditional fixed line telephony users uh, and essentially traditional fixed lines and calls will cease to exist. The priority moving forward for the likes of OpenReach is to maintain a high availability, fiber first network. And as a result, this legacy infrastructure and equipment is now ageing and becoming more and more difficult to maintain. For you as a business, this means you've got something to do. You've got a couple of years to look into migrating away from a traditional telephony approach and look at VoIP solutions for your calls. Now, while there may still be time, if you haven't planned it yet, you should at least start to plan your move sooner rather than later because there could be a lot to do. Now remember, it's not just about calls. You need to review everything you're connecting to your phone lines. So that's door entry systems, alarms, faxes, and more. Many businesses have already embraced an all digital model, moving their communications to the cloud, making calls over the internet and embracing video conferencing. You may have done this yourselves during the COVID pandemic but things have changed a lot since then. You may have jumped in head first to make sure you you and your team could work from home. You may still have those mismatched systems. You could be paying for multiple services. It might not integrate how you want or with what you want. Or you could just be frustrated with the choice you made or even the price. As the service could be provided by any number of VoIP or Unified Communication Solution Providers, you will still be able to change your provider at the end of your contract, meaning you're able to change to get access to new services or to a better quality of service or even just a lower cost, much like you can with a mobile phone. These services are priced up on a per-user, per-month, or per-number, per-month basis, and you typically get a call bundle included, again, much like a typical mobile contract. Something else that businesses will need to consider and it's something that is overlooked are things like card payment terminals, alarm lines and those fax numbers. Yes, fax is still being used within certain industry. Businesses may have changed their typical phones to VoIP already, but perhaps have forgotten that those alarms and terminals are being um, supported through copper. Terminals like um, payment processors are more and more becoming Uh, internet enabled but it's time to act if you're not sure what you should do I would recommend to speak to a technology advisor to provide you with advice, support and or recommendations you can arrange a call or a meeting with your current provider to see what you're currently using or what their strategy is for updating their service with relation to this switch off whatever you do Please, please, please do read the fine print of any contract that you sign. I've seen a number of VoIP contracts that that companies have signed, thinking they were signing into a two-year minimum term, and it's been more like seven to nine years. Now, after spending a good six years in a cost reduction slash procurement organization, I would always recommend speaking to a technology advisor and trying to work with them so they can help you source these types of service. Now, yes, I am being a little bit biased here because I am a technology advisor, but most of us work with multiple providers so that we can work with you to find what works best for your business and provide you with more than just one option and what we feel would work best, but more importantly, why it would work best. If you are to buy from a provider or a reseller direct, you'll often be presented with only one or two options, and the one that they push will be the one they potentially make the most margin from our tip of the episode so here we are tip of the week this feature will differ on each episode some weeks it'll be a technology tip sometimes it might just be a general business tip and on episodes where we have guests we'll be asking them to provide us a tip based on their specialism Now, this week's tip is something that I've alluded to already in this episode. Please don't blindly sign contracts. Always read the terms and conditions, even the license agreements with software. So often people sign those contracts without reading them properly, especially when it comes to software. Let's face it, we've all been guilty of clicking that button, even me. It's important to read these terms and these contracts. Quite often they'll have obligations within them that you have to adhere to, more than just paying your fee. Let's take a look at the uh, Windows 10 End User Licence Agreement, for example. The usage rights for Office apps that come pre-installed on new devices um, are detailed to the extent including Windows, Word, Excel, PowerPoint, and OneNote. They're licensed for personal, non-commercial use, unless you have commercial usage rights under a separate agreement. Now, that separate agreement is a euphemism for an active, business-grade, Office 365 subscription, meaning that if you don't have that separate agreement, you shouldn't use it for business purposes. But are Microsoft likely to come and look for you if you do? Probably not, but you never know. It's similar with other contracts. Check them for the actual term of service. As you could be told one thing, but in the contract it could say something else. You also want to check for automatic contr- uh, contract renewals, penalty clauses, and more. Now, if you can afford it, get your solicitors to review them. If you're on a budget, try and find someone who's a bit, a bit more au fait with contracts and see if they'll do you a favour. Or you could uh, potentially do a specialism trade. They look at your contracts, you provide them with a product or service in return. Everybody wins that way. So here we are. We've reached the end of this episode. I've been Tony, the IT Smart Guy. Thank you so much for watching or listening. I truly hope that you found this uh, episode insightful, and I look forward to speaking to you again in the next episode. If you have enjoyed this episode, please do let us know by leaving a review, and we would love for you to subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great rest of the day. Thanks for listening to the IT Smart Guy podcast. We hope you've enjoyed this episode and we'd love for you to like and subscribe on your podcast platform of choice.